Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. We talk to different creative people about how they do their thing. And this week, we have a different kind of guest. Jeffrey Vale is a forest supervisor for the Angeles National Forest and San Gabriel Mountains National Monument near Los Angeles. So we're going to get into what that's like. Uh, but first, I want to get a plug-in for DennisAnyone.net. That's the website for this podcast. There you can see pictures that go with some of the podcasts that I talk about. Also, you can donate to my virtual tip jar. And a shout-out to Stephen Rains for his generous donation uh, means a lot. keeps uh, keeps me going and uh, helps cover the expenses that come up. You can also email me through that website and um, and see stuff that I have for sale, like books and stuff from earlier incarnations of stuff. All right, um, I think that's enough plugs. So let's get to the interview. This is Jeffrey Vale. Hey there, I'm coming to you from the beautiful downtown loft of my guest today, Jeffrey Vale. He's in a different field than what I usually talk to. He is the forest supervisor for the Angeles National Forest and the San Gabriel Mountains National Monument. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you. You're my first forest service person. <laughs> I'm shocked. I love that. It's not you. Uh, as we were setting up, you said it's not your typical LA job. Um, how do you? How do you? Do people in LA are they curious about it when you when you say what you do? Or it's like, is that part of the industry? Or I don't know that film. Or you know, some people look at me like I'm lost. And right. They want to give me directions out of here? Right. Exactly. Uh, other people will grasp that Smokey the Bear has something to do with me. Or right. Uh, Woodsy they, the Owl. Yes, yes. Woodsy wasn't as famous as Smokey. You know, and Woodsy is not happy about that. No, he is not. And I think he works harder than Smokey. I hear Smokey's kind of a dick. Well, you know, Smokey has his ups and downs. Yeah. You know, he's a constant, you know. He's always there. Always pointing at you, saying only you. Right. Is there just one Smokey, or does, has he changed looks over the years? Well, uh, it's an interesting question. Uh, he's pretty much stayed consistent, but we're pretty protective of his image. Right. So at times, people will try to use Smokey's image for other uh, purposes, and he's actually copyrighted. He's protected. And uh, through the Ad Council, our, our main partner, he's one of the most successful mascots or icons in American history. So well, Everyone knows him. So it, it, knows it's him. working. It's doing something right. He's a crowd favorite. How long has he been in existence? When did they come out with Smokey the So Bear? there was a, a bear cub back right. in the 1940s that was partially burned in a fire in New Mexico. And that was the prototype, the model for, for the first Smokey. Oh, wow. So his this birth cub. was 73 years ago this month. There you go. Now, how long have you been with the Forest Service? So the last 10 years I've been with the Forest Service, and before that I was an attorney for the agency for 16 years. And you were in D.C., right, as an attorney? That's right. I want to find out about that. But um, So your office now, is it near the forest? Are you, are you in an urban setting, or where, where do you go every day? So our headquarters is just off the 210 in Arcadia. Right on. And my office looks out probably 30 feet away is the 210 freeway, and right behind that is a view of the San Gabriel Mountains. Is it beautiful every day you look at it? You know, it's always a great reminder about what an amazing resource we have here in L.A. Right. We've got this mountain range that goes up over 10,000 feet. And you can you can ski in the winter, hike year-round. There's tremendous mountain biking. Right. It's, it's an outdoor playground, and it's free. Yeah. There's so many people in L.A., and you ask them what they love about it. They're like, well, you've got everything here. You've got the mountains. You've got the beach. And they never go to either of them, but it's nice to know that they're there. Um, were you always in interested in the outdoors? Like, does it make sense that you ended up doing what you're doing? Yes, it does. I grew up in Maine in a small town. Right on. So for us, uh, a weekend trip or vacation, it was usually camping, uh, fishing, going out into the mountains or uh, up along a river. So it's kind of a natural fit. What, is your, what do you guys worry about day to day? Well, it's a lot of things. Yeah. There, there's the fish and wildlife piece. There's the mountain lions, the bears, the snakes, the all the different fish and bird species, the plants. So all that needs to be maintained and, and cared for. Uh, so we have uh, biologists, botanists, and other ologists that right. work on that. We also provide a third of LA's water. So we've got huge water reservoir uh Dams on so the you've got to be you've got all these different areas within right. the forest. All the telecommunication towers for LA County they're up on our peaks. Uh, a lot of the road transit, um, like I mentioned, downhill skiing. So 
We've got a lot of infrastructure, major transmission lines, Southern California, Edison, they all cut through us. So you got to manage those, you got to uh, protect the area around them, and you got to work with the companies that, that are based up on the forest. And here's something for all you film fans. Right. About 200 permits are issued for commercials, TV shows, and movies filmed on the forest every year. So we work a lot with LA Film Commission because we're within the TMZ. I love that. Now, is it... Is there a limited amount? Like there's 200 and then, or, no, or it's just that's kind of the that's, average? That's roughly the average. Yeah. What's the most creative part of your job? Where's the part that really captures your imagination? I really think it's to work collaboratively with a, a real cross-section of the public. Everything from uh, the telecommunications company, Southern California Edison, a lot of business corporate interests. Right. And then the environmental groups and then the communities. And to come together around what should be the future of this landscape. How should we balance all these different uses? And so trying to find common ground, identifying where there's overlapping interests, it may sound a little dull, but it's really the, it's like living a civics lesson. Yeah, it's like bringing people together. Exactly. Um, do you go out into the forest a lot, or are you in your office a lot? I told my leadership team I wanted them to double their time on the forest to stop being in the office so much. Oh, that's a cool boss. So I'm, I'm out in the forest. Like I, This morning I was kayaking with a lot of our... Uh, young employees on the right. LA River, and this Friday I'm going to hike our highest peak with one of my uh, rec staff officers, and that's part of my job. I need to be visible, and need to interact with the public, my employees, and so that's the beauty of the work. Yes, you've got the the, the budget, the personnel, right. the meetings, but if you're not out putting your foot on the ground every week, you're not doing your job. Yeah, and you have to be visible and, and have that kind of... Um I don't know, the reputation among your, your, exactly. your team. What is the highest peak? Uh, Mount Baldy, or um, Mount San Antonio, as it's uh, properly called, is about 10,076 feet. So how long is that going to take you? So we'll have about a 3,500-foot elevation climb, and it probably will be three and a half hours up and maybe two and a half hours down. So we'll start at 6 a.m., and I should be back in the office by 2 Wow, that's that's a job. That's cool. It's a hell of a job. Um, are there showers <laughs> on the forest? Yeah, no, like when you come back. Oh, yes. Was, yeah. Yeah, we have showers at our offices. Right. I should make clear, about 75% of our employees are firefighters, wildland firefighters. Wow. So they are training year-round, physical conditioning. So we have barracks. We have uh, uh, facilities for people to clean up because that's part and parcel of what we do. Yeah, and, and you're hearing more and more wildfires. Absolutely. How yes. are you guys coping with that? We have 28 engines and five hotshot crews. We have more wildland firefighters than any other forest in the country. Plus, we work very closely with L.A. County, which has a huge workforce in fire. So we're pre-positioned. We're ready to... But is there an increase in them? Is it, are people feeling it? Are you like, wow, this is so much yeah. more than a couple of years ago? Or Well, as compared to, say, 30 years ago, the fire season in the western U.S., it runs about 80 days longer than it used to. So the threat is longer. The uh, weather conditions, of course, we just came out of a severe drought. Right. Um, and we've got more people building more structures near wild areas because you want to be in nature, right? And uh, anytime you put a lot of homes in development then you've got to have firefighters there to jump on it. They're ready to do it. What's the closest you've ever been to a fire? Have you, do you ever, are you ever sort of out in the thick of it? So last summer we had the sand fire, which burned 40,000 acres uh, just around Santa Clarita, uh, out on the sort of western edge of the forest near the 14. And I was out with my fire chief that day, and the fire uh, backed down the hill and came very close to some subdivisions. I mean, the flames were, were 20, 30 feet high, and... It really blew through a canyon and, and burned, um, actually burned one of the uh, studios that has uh, uh, some property out there and, and burned over about five of our employees' homes, too. So, oh, wow. That's rough when your own employees. Yeah. yeah that was a very bad day. Yeah. yeah. And, and there, you hear with global warming that there are more wildfires. Is, is that something you've observed, not just here, but it, the whole West? It, it's not just in the West, but, but globally. And the severity of the fires, the, the intensity of the burn, so that when you've got soils that are singed so badly that it, it's hard for uh, plants to um, regenerate. Yeah. And then you get more sedimentation into the waterways. So it, it's kind of a cumulative effect. Uh, fires have always been on the landscape here. 
the first people to live here would set fires to clear away the understory so they could see the game more. Right. But but now you, you've got over 10 million people in L.A. County, so we, our only response to a fire is to put it out and put it out as quickly as you can. Right. There's just too many places it can go. Right. What In terms of climate change, what do you see with your eyes that sort of, oh, this, that's different than a few years ago? Do you see um, evidence of it? Uh, the ski areas that I mentioned, uh, the one that relied just on natural snowfall, had been closed for five years, so that that was uncommon. Yeah. Um, the the drought, the severity of the drought, uh, even though we had a great uh, rain and snow year last year, that that has lasting impact. Um, you see it in terms of uh, wildlife and and fisheries. We we don't have healthy waterways in terms of fish populations. Yeah. Like we had a generation or two ago. Um, and you've got a lot more invasive plants that are introduced, and they're much harder to remove. So they outcompete the native plants. A lot of them are really when you say invasive plants, plants that wouldn't normally be there, exactly. that, that are there now. So they're introduced uh, either as house plants that are just not appropriate, right? Or they're seeds that have spread through wind or or through um, other means, and so they're crashing the party. These plants, oh, they are totally crashing the party. That sucks. And they don't they don't say uh, okay when you tell them to leave. Yeah, they don't know when to leave. No, no. They got their red solo cups. <laughs> That's really interesting. There are certain plants that aren't really indigenous that end up there and they end up disrupting everything. One in six plants in California is non-native. Not all of them are evil, but some of them are. Wow. Yeah. What are the most evil? Uh, Arundo, tamarisk. Uh, those jump out in waterways. They suck up huge amounts of water and they push out the native plants. They're that person at your party that comes and drinks all the beer and they like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> what Have you ever had poison oak or poison ivy? I have had poison ivy. Uh, I haven't had poison oak, knock on wood, but a lot of our employees and, and visitors do get that. What, what was it like when you had poison ivy? Uh, was it, it was, a nightmare? It was like the guest that you never wanted at your party. How, exactly. How long How long were you dealing with it? Um, several days. You know, it's, it's that desire to itch constantly. constantly. And you put calamine lotion on and, and just try to think about other things. Yeah. The worst in, uh, type of, uh, uh, <laughs> what do I want to say, infestation, though, is something called chiggers, which is very common chiggers. in the southern United States. Yeah. Yes, and that gets into your, like, un- behind your knees and wherever you perspire a lot. And it is not pleasant. Is it a is it a plant based thing or is it an animal thing or an insect? It's an insect. Wow. Yeah. And that is not pretty. No. You haven't not. had that. I did have it. Oh man. Yes. When I worked in South before, I came out here and I was out in the woods in Mississippi and uh, I took home chiggers. That's not that's not fun. No. It must be totally different going to different parts of the country in terms of your job based on the climate and the type of land. It is. That's the beauty of the job and. Really, our country having so many millions of acres protected for us to visit. You go to uh, southern Mississippi, and and the ecology is different. The precipitation levels, the, everything is really different. Not to mention the the people and the culture. Yeah. Uh, and even here in California, uh, I work in a urban forest, totally different setting from my colleagues up in the Sierras or up up northern California, uh, along the the Pacific Coast. Right. Um, redwood forests and it's it's a completely different set of issues. Yeah. What's your favorite kind of tree? Mm. Wow. Here on um, the Angeles, uh, probably uh, cold. Uh, hmm. No, I would say manzanita. I, I love the color of the the um, branches and the right. trunk. Yeah. Um, How big do they get? They don't grow all that tall. They, you know, maybe 15, 20 feet at, at max. Right. But the beauty of that deep red, almost burgundy yeah. color is, is really, really lovely. Um, I think that was your question. Yeah. What's your favorite kind of tree? Do you have a favorite specific tree? Like growing up, there was this tree in my backyard that was our apricot tree, and you could swing from it. And I've climbed it a million times, and I know every little, like, trick to it and area and smooth part and probably the the tree that was right at the bus stop where we would gather to, to get picked up each day it was huge the branches were perfect for climbing out on it so you was, could you could kill some time and have some fun before the bus came absolutely 
When you say we, we're, we, do you have siblings or? I have an older brother. Yeah. And then neighbor kids. Yeah. So it was sort of a, you didn't know it because you didn't have anything to compare it to. Right. But it was very uh, uh, TV land type of. Perfect. Pleasantville. Yes. yes. That's Mother, good. father, brother. Yeah. Climate tree. Climate tree. <laughs> Americana. Americana. Um, what president was the one that really got the national parks going? Theodore Roosevelt. Wasn't it? I knew it was one of the Roosevelts, right? Yes. That, that said, yeah. we've got to preserve these areas. And, he he and really took things. the initiative to set aside millions of acres of public land for national parks, national forests, fish and wildlife refuges. Under the Antiquities Act, he started the establishment of national monuments uh, 100 years ago, and, and that's in the news now since there's some some question under the current administration yeah. protecting these monuments. And I remember when uh, Obama made Stonewall a national monument. Exactly. A national monument, or was there another distinction? No, it's a national monument. I thought that was so amazing. Yeah, it was a really creative use, and it just highlights that our history is its cultural as well as it is natural. Yeah, and it's urban as well right. as, as in nature. Has there been a change in what you guys do with the new administration? Is there less money, or are there th concerns, or is it kind of the same so far there hasn't been a big change where we are we're an urban forest so right we're not one that produces a lot of timber or minerals or oil and gas right uh, other parts of the country the change in approach is probably playing out differently right um, we have the benefit too that we bring a lot of revenue in through um, partnerships through uh, agreements with disney with southern california edison rei so we, we tap the private sector a lot. That's good. So you have some help. It is, yeah. And we're trying to do more of that. There's some other places like the Golden Gate National Recreation Area that really tap the private sector and foundations. So we're trying to really shift our model to one less dependent on uh, what Congress provides. Right. Into. So many parts of our uh, of our country now are kind of like, okay, well, we'll figure out our own thing. Like, like with the Paris Accords and stuff like that, people are like, well, we'll just... We'll just do our own thing. It's part of why I love this job and being at a local level because yeah. getting away from the national politics at a local level, I've seen and have proven here again, you can come up with some good solutions and get some people with different political views to, to agree upon a way forward. Yeah. And that's, a, I think, much harder to do at a national level. Right. And also, it just seems like these beautiful areas are something everyone should be able to... We, right. we have eyes. We know what it feels to have fresh air. Right. You know what I mean? It just seems so inarguable, right. the, the, the importance of them and the beauty of them. I feel like it's an easy product to sell. Yeah. What's the best photo op in your forest? What I like most is those marine layers, you know, June Yes. Moon. When you're up on the high When you're peaks. above them. And so you can get a beautiful shot, say, from Mount Wilson or up along uh, Angeles Crest Highway. Right. Seeing all the peaks and then below it, this blanket of white. Yeah. To me, that's... A, and you can catch that at sunrise or early morning and you get the... The light is best for photography yeah. right start of the day or end of the day. I... Um Speaking of Mount Wilson, for one of my birthdays recently, it was a couple of years ago, we did the telescope thing. Oh. Is that in your forest? Get out, yes. Yeah. How, you know, I want to I got, I got like 20, I don't know how many friends came. It was, I think it was 25. You could have 25 people. Right. And we all, we did, you know, rented it out or whatever. Yes. And there was an amazing woman who was such a character that, that talked to us about what we were going to see. And then mm -hmm. we would all take turns on the giant telescope and lay out and look under the stars. Mm -hmm. But I do remember driving up the hill and yes. looking out at the city. Mm -hmm. And it was just so, you know, LA's so sprawling and whatever, but it looked mm -hmm. manageable. It was like, oh, that's LA. And there were the different layers and it was extraordinary. Yeah. People don't realize how accessible that is too. Yeah. And it's a unique kind of way to enjoy L.A. I always say that L.A. is primed to market itself, not just for its Hollywood and Disneyland, but right. for uh, the beaches, Santa Monica Mountains, the Mojave Desert. All of that's in L.A. Yeah. Have you ever been to the Mount Wilson Observatory? Oh, yeah. Have you times. done the telescope thing? I've done the telescope, not at night and not as a birthday party. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, that's, I want to do that. Yeah, I can't remember the, the name of the woman. The woman that did it was at one point married to Richard Pryor, okay. the comedian. <laughs> and she had like like alien antennas that she wore, and she was quite a character. Yeah. She was really great. 
But yeah, it was it was extraordinary. All the docents I've come across up there, I think they have to be a little bit odd to yeah. get a job. It helps. Yes. It helps. What's the um, most beautiful animal thing you've seen in your job? Hmm. Well, you know, I've seen most of everything that's up there. There was a morning when I was up at Crystal Lake, Highway 39 out of Azusa takes you up there. It was beautiful light. It was a little bit of hint of cool. And I heard a rustling in the bushes next to me and, and then uh, a deer appeared. And we just kind of checked each other out for a little bit. Right. And then he started to nibble a little bit. And I felt like we, we kind of bonded. You had a moment. We had a total moment. It was like that moment in The Queen. Did you see that movie with Helen Mirren? Exactly. She's out doing something queeny, and then she looks up and they right. and she connects with that uh, deer. What a, what a good parallel. Yeah, you I had was, your queen moment. I, I was Helen Mirren at that moment. I, I love that stuff. <laughs> if I... I'm gonna do an out. If I'm gonna grab some friends and say, "Hey, we're gonna go to the forest," mm-hmm. what are we gonna do? What's like a, a a manageable thing to do for a day trip right. for somebody from LA? So I just mentioned Crystal Lake, and I, I love to go up there because there's a a guy who uh, operates a, a really cool general store. Oh so yeah, kind of like going back into a little mountain country scene. Right. And off of there, you've got some great hikes with beautiful views of the whole San Gabriel Canyon. Yeah. And whether you want to do something really intense and, and get some, some good elevation, or you just want to do like a mile and a half loop that's pretty level, you, you can get up, and it's in tree cover too, so right. you've got all the different kinds of pine species. It's, it's just a, a really fun and fairly easy uh, destination. Day trip. And you're by, you're by the lake too, right? Exactly. Wasn't Crystal Lake in a horror movie? Camp mm-hmm. Crystal Lake? Like one of the... Friday the 13th? It I don't could know. Be. It may have been another Crystal Lake. Now, if I took my dog, is that yes. like a good place to walk around with your dog? And Sure. Yeah. Sure. You definitely, well, you want to know your dog. Right. And uh, leash is always a good idea. Right. Um, but dogs are always up in the forest. They're welcome. The one thing we do caution when it's hot especially, Yeah. make sure your dog is hydrated. Bring that water. We get dogs that have their paws burned or that don't get enough hydration. So your pets need some love out there too. They do. That's good advice. Yeah. Um, what are the uniforms like now for the forest people? Are okay. they nice khaki? Uh, we really need something a little bit more stylish. Maybe you guys could be a Project Runway challenge, right? Where the designers... I think that's an amazing challenge. Pitch that at the next uh, big meeting. That is a great idea. I wanted to write Nike and say, save us. Right. But Project Runway. Yes. Yeah. That's... The, the, the designers do a new designer, a new kind of forest service. I, I think that would challenge our, our government mindset, which right. is a little more conventional, but we need it to be challenged. They, they push it, you know, but it's finding the right thing. Absolutely. Something that still is like it looks respectable and it's not too out there, but right. it fits good or whatever yes. it is. Yes. It's about cut, all that exactly. Tim Gunn stuff. <laughs> what is it like now? Just like... They're, they're pretty... Straight Basic. up, sort of uh, pickle or, or sometimes dark green colored pants, uh, khaki colored uh, je- uh, shirts, short or long sleeve. And there's a, a pat, a, a badge, and, and a, uh, your name. Were you a Boy badge. Scout? Briefly. I was. Really? I didn't go all the way to Eagle. I was in it because it was kind of our church. It was kind of what people did in my town. And I was raised Mormon and we were in the, you know... But I remember going to camp once and not really wanting to go, but I went and I got a bunch of merit badges, but I got like the basket tree and like I got the kind of artsy craftsy right. gay ones or whatever. <laughs> but then I remember getting like a shout out in church about it. And I think it was just this team effort for people to try to keep me doing straight things or whatever. Like, it was like, oh, you know, I don't know. Right. But, um, yeah. You were a, yeah. a, a Boy Scout briefly? I, I didn't really take to it. I, I love sports and I love the outdoors. But maybe my gay gene also got in the way. Yeah. It's funny because it's not... Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a career that's welcome to everybody. Right. But I think traditionally... Uh, as an open out gay man, it's a little uncommon to end up in this career. Yeah. But I, I think that's like everything else in the world, it's changing. Yeah. We're a much more diverse and inclusive agency than we were 20 years ago. Have you seen specific 
instances where you went, oh, well, that's different than it would have been a while ago. What are the things where you notice that it's opening up? You mean in terms of our workforce? Yeah. Well, our, our Angeles workforce pretty much mirrors L.A. County. Right. So very diverse, uh, a mix. People are openly gay. It's, it's not an issue. I, I came out to all my employees the first day on the job. That's pretty cool. When you just said, "Hey, this is who I am," I wanted I wanted to send a message that w- we may be able to see what's different about each other, or there may be things that are not visible, right? And we need to respect each other regardless, right? So I wanted to use my own personal experience, but also to say, "Look, I'm this is who I am. There's no shame here, and uh, hopefully, you'll feel the same way with whatever it is that's unique about you." That's awesome. Were you able to do that in Atlanta and the other different places, or? Is, has it changed over time? What was different about here is that I'm a head of a workforce of over 300, well, over 400 employees. That's impressive. And so there's a, more of a spotlight when you're the force supervisor. Right. And so every day there's that opportunity to, to reach a broader audience than yeah. when you're working, say, at a regional office. Wow. That's cool. Are there many? Are there a lot of gay people that work in the Forest Service? There are. Are there people that have come to you and, and, and sort of, because you've set an example, felt like they could... I, I do think that it helped open doors, not just uh, for people who are gay or lesbian, but anybody that felt like maybe they were hesitant about some aspect of themselves. Right. And, and it's... And the I need signal. to keep this quiet. Right. Right. It's, it's to say, you're, you're okay, you're going to be judged on your work and nothing right. else. How has it been with its superiors as you were coming up? You mean in was terms it, has of, it ever been an issue or no? It's not. I I have always been supported, and I think that's a credit to the agency. Yeah, and I wouldn't just say that to blow smoke. It's been my experience. Yeah. Now th- that's not to say I haven't heard things said by members of the public or or some people on forests, um, but that's pretty rare. Uh, there was one time in Tennessee where somebody said something pretty uh, uh, bigoted. And I was, you know, out in very rural in a pickup truck, and and it shocked me. It also felt like a gut punch, and I was so stunned, I I I, I froze. Was it related to sexuality? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so that was a situation where if I had the moment back, I would have. You would have uh, said it. Were they calling you out, or were no, they? No, they were just, just make, saying something generally negative yeah. about gay people, and right. it, it just stunned me. Um, I would handle that differently. I think that happens a lot, though. Sometimes you hear something and you're like so shocked that you you're, you don't you you're, you can't even believe it happened. And then by the time you would, could react, it's sort of over, and right. you're like, "Oh, I should have I should have spoken up." Exactly. Yeah, but that happens. Um, let me pick some questions from the observation deck. <laughs> These ones, right? Yes. yes. Okay. If you had to change careers tomorrow, what would you do? What would you pursue? Well, when I was 18, I wanted to go into the Foreign Service. Oh, cool. And now I'm in the Forest Service. Yeah. So I probably would have gone back and done the whole international thing. Yeah. Uh, that would be pretty cool. Where would you like to work? Whew. Like Europe? Uh, you know, Brazil would be pretty fantastic. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. Have you been? I have, several yeah. times. I once did that hang gliding thing in Rio where you you're, there's somebody else with you, but you're on their back and you right. ride down to the beach. Yes. Uh, that was crazy. That must have been amazing. It was amazing. And I, my, what I remember is my glasses almost fell off. <laughs> and I don't always wear them, but I had lost a contact in Uruguay. It happens. <laughs> so I had my glasses, and we go to take off, and they kind of ended up like this. And I was like, <laughs> if they had fallen off, because I'm really blind. But the guy that I was on top of, his mm-hmm. name was Mosquito. <laughs> if you can't trust a guy named Mosquito to get you back down to the beach... I also discovered acai that day. Oh, yeah. Wow. Good stuff. It's so good now. Mm-hmm. All right. So I support you working in the Foreign Service. What does your family think of what you do, of your success? Uh, you know, they think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I think they're mystified and a, a little bit amazed that there's actually a Forest Supervisor gig in Los Angeles. Yeah. It would not have been scripted. But that's life, right? How did you end up here? Was it like you heard there was an opening, or did they approach you? or? Um, trying to think about how much I want to share here. Oh, okay. I, I was interested in being a forest supervisor. Right. I applied to be a forest soup on uh, the largest forest in uh, the nation, in Alaska. Right. And uh, I got nervous. I got offered the job and said, I, this, is, this is too big. This is too far away. And I said, no. 
and usually when you say no to a job offer like that, that's not good for the career. Right. But I was asked a couple months after that, would I be interested in considering the job in L.A.? And I instinctively thought, you know what, that's a good fit. Yeah. Because socially, culturally, there's a tremendous life to be had here. Right. But the forest also, to me, can be a prototype for how you connect an urban population, a very diverse one, with the outdoors. Right. If we're going to be a healthy, sustainable society, that's what we need to be. It seemed like L.A. is a better intersection of those interests that you have. With Absolutely. It. And also, you you probably like the things that come with being in the city as well. Very much so. The culture and the museums and art and yeah. all of that stuff. Um, who was your most impactful teacher? It's a little cliched, but i got to say my father. That's great. Awesome. <laughs> what did he teach you? Uh, so he's a school teacher and principal by training. He's 90 now. But, wow. Um, he taught me about how to show up in life and how to be respectful to people Yeah. and to connect with them where they are instead of trying to make people fit into what you want them to be. That's and cool. He, he does that. Even to this day, he, can, he just relates to people. He just can get where people are coming from. Exactly. Did he talk to you about that, or was that something you just observed from... from he, he never had to lay out the secret of his thing. He just... That's the other beauty led of by example. a great teacher. Is you, show, you show by how you are, yeah. and the others can follow. That's cool. Yeah. Um, what job were you the most excited to learn that you got? Probably this one. Yeah. The, also the most frightened, uh, because it's, it's a little bit daunting. It's 700,000 acres in uh, it's 25% of the land in L.A. County. So there's a lot going on. We have fatalities almost every week from car accident, motorcycle accident. There's, there's you often hear on. about hikers getting lost. Yes. Not necessarily there, but just in, in the Southland in general. Right. That's always scary. Absolutely. Yeah, search and rescue is a constant. Is there cell phone like with hikers and cell phones? Is it has it helped or is there not reception sometimes? There's or? no reception in the forest for cell phones. Yeah. yeah. So that throws people as well. Yeah, because they're like, well, I'll just right. I'll be all right. I'll call an Uber. <laughs> oh, this is fun that you picked. What's your best random celebrity sighting? I went to uh, the Nutcracker with a friend of mine in um, soon after I got here. Yeah. And. He had great seats, and I wasn't even paying attention and walked to our seat and looked, and I was sitting next to Kobe Bryant and his wife and two kids. That's cool. It was very cool. At the Nutcracker. Right? Did they seem cool? Were <laughs> oh, the yeah, kids they, into it? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It was there. Did you say hello? I, oh, yeah. I kind of did my little awestruck thing. That's cool, though. Yeah, he was very fun friendly. I once did a... Uh, uh-oh. My thing came unplugged, but it's all good. I once did a story on Kirsten Dunst for Seventeen magazine, mm. and it was like the dream fulfillment, whatever. Her long story short, the photo shoot and the interview was her playing basketball with Kobe Bryant. Oh, so wow. I got to go and meet him and see him there, and she brought her little brother, and he was like, you know, in heaven. Right. And uh, and Kobe seemed pretty cool. He was yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. That's mm. a really good one. It was good. All right. Who would you like to collaborate with professionally? I, I part of why I came to LA is to connect the stars with the stars. Yeah. The outdoors and the beauty of what we offer and the entertainment and media and showbiz industry. I think there's a relationship there that can be strengthened. Yeah. Um, Moby, for example, is, is a big fan, loves to hike in the Angeles. I've reached out to his publicist. We have yet to connect. Right. But I would love to sit down with Moby and brainstorm yes. about how we can connect the arts, how we can uh, more feature and profile nature in L.A. Yeah, I love that. Um, what's your favorite souvenir from a job? Mm. So this is a little geeky, but uh, we had our 100th anniversary as an agency, and uh, we've got a real tradition of um, forest service memorabilia. So there was this... One of oh, I bet it's awesome. One of 100 belt buckles, and uh, it's a beautiful gold kind of design. Yeah. And my boss in Atlanta, when I took this job, said this belt buckle was the second one uh, of the 100. Uh, it belongs for somebody working on a forest. You take it, and when you leave the forest, when you're no longer there, give it to somebody who works at the forest level. I love that. Yeah. I want to see it. Is it beautiful? After we're over, we'll take I'll a picture of it after. so I can post it. Do you wear it with your belt, or is it more like a... Oh, no, I wear it. You rock it. 
And the employees always, you know, we're kind of geeky, but the yeah, agency will just jump all over. People will immediately say, hey, that's a cool belt buckle. Yeah. You mentioned that they've shot a lot of things up there and then mm-hmm. you collaborate with Hollywood. Do you ever go to the movies and go, oh, I know where that is. Exactly. I know where that is. Exactly. Like, what's a movie where, or a TV show where you're like, you were, you were going boom, boom, boom. You knew what you Well, know, there's, what? there's several car commercials that feature yeah. a view. Uh, from the Angeles with LA downtown in the background. But right. San Andreas, the opening scene is the so, earthquake. It's so obviously up on Glendora Ridge Road. It, right. Uh, immediately jumped out. That was a movie where clearly millions of people died, but you never saw any bodies or anything. There was just like all this destruction, but no people, and I don't know. But it well, was, well, you it know, Dennis, that when we have a major earthquake, it'll all be fine. <laughs> Everything's going to be it'll fine. Just Kylie Minogue like might die, <laughs> but The Rock will save it. <laughs> ah, I love stupid movies like that. Um, what's the coolest thing you ever got for free? Mm. Why did I pick that? I don't know. Uh, well, I guess, you know what I would say? Maybe it's not for free, but as part of my job, I have been to places all over North America and beyond. Yeah. Um, and you could count every single sunrise, sunset, every really rugged, tough hike, and the, the, the adrenaline that you get from that. Right. You know, it's my job, so is it free? It feels kind of free to me. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. It's beautiful. Yeah. Are you a big camper? Do you like to camp? Um, I'm, a, I'm one of these campers that I like to do it just so I can remember how much I loved my bed. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, but you appreciate the beauty and you're like, okay, ready to go home. Exactly. Yeah. But that starry night, you know, up in the giant sequoias or wherever, there's just no substitute for that. Now, is it kind of like certain businesses where if you go to another state and there's a forest, like can you go and, and, and uh, meet the forest people, service people in different states and... Sure. And... They kind of say this is where you should go or whatever. Absolutely. It's a network. Yeah. It's just like any industry. Of course. And you reach out and, you know, after a number of years, you know people. Right. Or somebody can say, hey, you should talk to so-and-so. Yeah. And they instantly say, this is the trail. This is the time. Yeah. This is what you should remember. Oh, that's cool. Absolutely. That's such a good, good inside scoop. Yeah. I'm from Arizona and I feel like Arizona may have some of the most beautiful mm-hmm. um, places in it. Arizona's amazing. Yeah. And a lot of people don't appreciate the, the higher elevation areas. In yeah, I was from northern Arizona. Oh, so, okay. So you know. Petrified forest area. Yeah, and all the area around Grand Canyon. Yeah. Um, Co- uh, San Francisco Peaks up yes. toward uh, Flagstaff. Yeah. yeah I love um, Lake Powell, too. Oh, yeah. Rented a houseboat there one time with friends. That was awesome. Nice. Okay, where's the coolest place you've gotten to go for work? Uh, I have... Uh, been to Alaska several times for work, but I went to an international conference on wilderness protection. Yeah. And the whole area up around Anchorage and down toward um, the Kenai Peninsula, the wildlife, the um, the ocean views, the, the, the marine life is just spectacular. Yeah. So if you haven't been to Alaska, people, you really need to make it. Well, I used to work on cruise ships, so okay. I did a lot of Alaska cruising, but... I understand, like, if I went back there and, and looked at, like, some of the glaciers and stuff that I'm used to, that right. it would be very different. Yeah, I kayaked on Mendenhall Lake, which is fed by the glacier, yeah. and you can p- look at pictures from a generation ago, and, and the movement of that ice sheet is, is pretty pretty uh, startling. Oh, man. Yeah. It's upsetting. Um, you mentioned earlier about kayaking in the L.A. River. Mm-hmm. I didn't know people could do that. Where? How do you do that? So in Van Nuys... Uh, up uh, just off of Sepulveda okay. uh, Basin, um, you can rent kayaks, and it's a beautiful stretch of river. Tremendous bird life. Is there enough water though? There is. Okay, there is. it's fed by a dam where there's continual releases. Oh, I got it. All right. So uh, it's it's a really cool way to get out into nature. Yeah. And all that the city's trying to do to bring back the the natural LA River. Right. You get a glimpse of where we're headed. Now we got a lot of rain this year. Earlier, mm-hmm. how has that changed what what you see every day? It's we have, obviously greener. It's greener. We have waterfalls, which wow didn't exist before. That's nice. Um, and what it also does is it, prom- it it creates a lot more grasses that grow and a lot more vegetation. So when it gets dry, like now, yeah, then there's more fuel to burn. So it, it just lasts a little longer. It's right. good. 
Oh, this is fun. If there was a doll of you that talked, what would it say when you pulled the string? Connect. Connect? Yes. Is that your sort of um, mantra? You know, um, Sunday in the Park with George? Yeah. Great play. There's a scene where George's wife is just trying to get him to uh, break through and, and really connect with people. Right. And she kept saying, connect, George, connect. And I feel like in my own way, I've got this reserve, shy guarded nature but there's also that love to connect with people right and so it's almost a constant push pull yeah of open up and and uh connect right so you're saying it almost to yourself and not just as a message to other people exactly as a reminder to yourself how has la been in terms of meeting new people moving to a new city there's so many creative people in la right and it it, it's almost like a never-ending opportunity to explore right but it's also a little overwhelming because, like I said, my personality is not big. It's not aggressive. It's right. not what I associate with L.A.'s scene. Yeah. So, yeah, I have to remind myself I am who I am. Yeah. And one-on-one like this, the connection can be fantastic. Right. Uh, and not try to be the person on stage because that's not who I am. And not be on. Exactly. But how does being... I'm sure as a boss, though, you have to sort of be on sometimes or you have to Absolutely. come off as, uh, uh, you have to speak. And, Absolutely. You know, is, does that come naturally right. to you? It's come better. What I've realized is that whenever I'm going in front of an audience, they need to hear me from my heart yeah. and not from my head. And so I really pay attention to the mood and the energy. And what's, what I've learned is pay attention to that one word or the one theme and go with that. What's an example of that? Uh, I was... Speaking to about a thousand firefighters at 6 a.m. during the height of that sand fire. And, and they're the, all listening to you. Well, there's a series of people who talk about the fire, the weather, right. the plans for the day. And then as agency administrator, I go up toward the end and give some message for the day. And my message to my leadership team was what I gave to them, which is we need a sense of urgency, a sense of calm, and a sense of humor. And I wanted people to have fun at what we do. Because right. if you're not having fun, do something else. Be calm about it, because that has a ripple effect. Right. If I'm... If, chill, if you're freaked out, then they're, right. they're going to freak out. Exactly. And an urgency, we're here to get stuff done. Right. So that was really a moment where I didn't have a pre-planned speech, but I thought, wait a minute, that message I give to my leadership team, that's the right message for here. That's awesome. It, it, and you felt like it was well-received. I did. Yeah. I did. What about when people won't leave their houses when you're trying to evacuate them? You close your eyes, you're like, oh, it's like, it's like it gets your goat. It, it risks their lives. Yeah. It gets in the way of firefighters trying to save their homes. Right. And it's dangerous. So we had that happen, and I, I still remember uh, people running around and, as the flames were coming down toward a, the subdivision. Right. And they had been told to evacuate a day earlier. And it's only now when flames are getting close and the smoke is everywhere, they're running around like, should we leave? Well, no, that was answered uh, a day ago. Asked and answered. Right. Yeah. It's frustrating. What, were, what, was, the, um, what was the Obama years like for, the, for, your depart, for your department? Was it just a continuation? Was there much different? Um, I seem to remember hearing more about monuments or things. So certainly a half our forest is a national monument, and right. that's due to the president's, uh, President Obama's designating it. Right. It's recent. It is. And he also, to his credit, designated or dedicated a lot of uh, commitment around getting kids out into nature. Right. So we had a what's called Every Kid in the Park program, which we've continued even if not in that name. Right. Uh, so I think but it got started under, under him. It did. And what it would did. happen? They would, you would bring a lot of kids out to the, to the forest? Uh, fourth, we targeted fourth graders right. to get out into forest, to have a day with some of our volunteers and, and youth educators, right. and to give them a, a free pass so they don't have to pay or their family doesn't have to pay for the next year. Oh, that's awesome. So it really kind of instilled this idea that this, this nature that you can see from wherever you are in L.A., it belongs to you. Yeah, and you have some right to this. That's right. Um, you sent me, um, as a preparation thing, you sent me something that you wrote about young people in the forest. Was that connected to that program? Yes, and it really highlights other ways in which we connect young people to, from high school through uh, post-grad. 
Uh, there are job opportunities, and, and we're really trying to expand that opportunity. What I find is that our, our visiting public, depending on where you are, could be primarily Spanish speakers, could be Korean speakers, and so we've tried to bring on uh, young people to our workforce that can really connect uh, in ways that, that are, are going to resonate. I love that. What's the difference between a national park and a national monument? Is it just size? Uh, so you said national park and national monument. Right. Um, but I think maybe you meant national forest. And yeah, national forest and a national monument. Sure. So a monument is really added protection. Okay. So the president identified certain objects of interest, like the Mount Wilson Observatory. Right. Certain uh, endangered wildlife species. It really is to say, uh, agency, you need to take extra care to protect those objects and all the habitat around them. It also raises... So it's a directive to you guys. It is, yes. Okay. So And it raises the profile so we can promote that we're not just a national forest. We've got this monument, and we've raised millions of dollars because of that designation. Really? So you're able to raise more money? Absolutely. Working with foundations, working with corporate entities... Uh, I mentioned it's uh, like they gave him the stamp of approval or yes. like this is really awesome right you need to help out absolutely how much does like rich people and grants and foundations affect what you guys do because I just noticed a lot in our in all areas all of our culture there's this need now for that helps in a lot I mean I, the New York Times I think had a benefactor you know like right. like um, it seems like a lot of our culture is going that way is that a big part of where you guys it get is. money for different programs and things? Where budgets are flat or declining. Yeah. And the need to manage the lands and care for the wildlife is growing. Then you've got to look for other sources. Yeah. And so we've reached out to companies that have a vested interest. Like Coca-Cola, their main ingredient is water. And so if they can help us with water quality and watershed restoration, that's something they can promote. Yeah. And we're happy to take their million dollars to improve the landscape. Right. When it was raining, was it really exciting? Hugely exciting. Was everyone like, yes? Because I just know as a citizen, I thought, are we ever going to get that kind of rain again? Right. So when we had a lot of rain this winter, it was like, yeah, it, good. It, it really, for the, our line of work, yeah. it, it's like bread and butter. And, yeah. and you know that it's going to produce certain opportunities in terms of the waterfalls, improved yeah. wildlife habitat, all the rest. Does your... Does, the the amount of people that come, the attendance, mm -hmm. does that affect, uh, you know, you want a lot of people to come or is there a sort of a sweet spot in terms of attendance or, boy, I wish we had these levels or? Well, it's a great question because on summer weekends in certain areas of the forest, we're overcrowded. Right. And we need to shift some of that use right. to other parts of the forest or to other days of the week. Right. Of course, most people have off on the weekend. Of course. So that's where we get really slammed. Yeah. Um, we don't have uh, gates, so we don't right. shut the forest down at night. And we're, we've got a real challenge ahead of us to manage those crowds. Do people, people can stay there if they have a, do they have to have a permit to camp or something like that? For overnight camping, yes. Yeah. And then people check that. And, that's right. Okay, cool. What snack do you take when you do a long hike? Uh... I love a protein bar. Sure. Uh, I love the goo that you, like if you're a cyclist, you, yeah. you know what I'm referring to. Anything that's really easy and gives you a boost of energy. Right. And, and those, um, you know, I love fruits. Bananas are great. Yeah. Um, those are some things. That, that makes sense. That's good. What's your favorite waste of time? Uh, I, I love um, to look at New Yorker cartoons. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and do you ever try to do the one where you come up with a caption? Yes, yes. And everybody always comes up with amazing ones. Yeah. I should have mentioned a other career than what I do. Yeah. It would be a, probably a New Yorker cartoonist. That's cool. To be brilliant in the morning and then have the rest of the day to go play. Right. It, yeah. You, but maybe it doesn't come right in the morning. Maybe it doesn't come right away. True. Maybe they're there for seven hours and. That's right. Do you have to You don't have to crank out one a day. No. Oh, as a cartoonist? Yeah. I would imagine if you really hit a, a real gold mine of ideas, yeah. you could write five in a day. Yeah. I also, I, I heard somebody being interviewed about, like, the New Yorker's kind of the only place now right. for cartoonists. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a cartoonist. I thought mm -hmm. that's what I wanted to do. I took a class in cartoon drawing yeah. and it proved that I am not a cartoon drawer. I, I used to have this feeling as a kid that I was good at, like, 
drawing and like printing and stuff. And now whenever I do something as an adult that's artsy, mm-hmm. I'm like, I suck. <laughs> Although I did make a dog dish for my dog and I had a very simple idea and I nailed it. So nice. yeah, I, I still have it a little bit. What did you want to be when you were a kid though? A, car- a cartoonist? Um, you know, early on I wanted to be a pro athlete. Yeah. Um, what sport? I loved basketball. Right. Uh, and then reality hit. Right. But <laughs> that was definitely, definitely my vision uh, for a certain period of time. Right. That would have been cool. What's your favorite perk of your job? I think it's to be able to disappear out into nature and to be on a trail, whether it's alone or, or with some other folks, and to know that that's part of my work. Yeah. And there's so much for me to learn every single time. It, it never gets old. It's never the same. Yeah. It's always evolving. Right. And that your, your, place, your place of work is, how many acres did you say? 700,000. 700,000 acres. Yeah. It's a pretty big workspace. It's, it's a thousand square miles. It's, it's a lot of rugged country. Do people that work for the Forest Service, do they have certain characteristics that are common among them? Like, this is their kind of job? Mm. Uh, well, certainly a love of nature and the outdoors. Yeah. Uh, I think they tend to be very um, public service oriented. Right. They, they want to give back. Uh, there's a, an appreciation for the long view that we're here today, but these mountains, they'll be here for generations. Right. And there's a love of, uh, uh, of wildlife. Yeah. You know, there's, there's that bird that soars. There's that quiet moment I mentioned with the deer that captivates. And we all have those stories. Have you ever been scared? Like, do you ever have an animal come at you or a snake? Or has there ever been a point where you thought you were in danger by an animal? By, by wildlife? wildlife? Um, <laughs> no, not here. I, I was on a trip with friends in uh, Southern Africa years ago. And we definitely got too close to a herd of elephants. So I, that... Oh, my God. That was... Uh, I shuddered thinking herd of elephants. Because they're going to... They can... Chase, yeah. run, they can run, right? Yeah, very fast. Their, the ears started to flap and they started to make some aggressive moves. and Because uh, it's not just one you're trying to outrun. Right, right. So what happened? They didn't attack. We, we backed up. But you felt like, but it, were you in a car? I was. Okay. But that vehicle would have been nothing to them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I want to go to on a safari in Africa. You, you definitely should. Was it incredible? Uh, mind-blowing. I talked to somebody. Oh, I had a travel expert on and... He said that it was like some of these safaris, like he talked about like one person being like, okay, we're going to take them to the elephants now. Like they kind of knew where different things were and right. almost like a theme park, but it was the wildlife. But I don't know. I can't remember exactly what I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you also picked this question. What did you get picked on for when you were a kid? <laughs> so my nickname as a kid was Nuss, which is a derivation of Ness, which is Loch Ness. Okay. N-U-S? N- N-E-S. N-U-S-S. So from Ness, which is Loch Ness, I have a long neck. Okay. And so that, that was... So they made fun of you like you were the Loch Ness Monster? Exactly. That's not that bad. No, it could it's be okay. worse. So they say, hey, Ness. <laughs> that, and it stuck for a long time. Yeah. Yes, some friends still call me that. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's the most unique one of those I think I've heard. <laughs> what, um, you obviously love nature and stuff but what's something that's like the polar opposite that you also love like mm. you talked about going to the theater yeah I love live shows yeah whether it's uh, the, the jazz at LACMA every Friday evening yeah or over here at um, uh, downtown LA the um, uh, I want to say Amund Amundsen the Amundsen Theater yeah thank you um, so I've seen some great things I'm seeing something there on Thursday night okay the curious incident of the dog in the oh. nighttime. Have you seen it? No, I just went to see Heisenberg. Yeah, I saw that. That was excellent. I loved it, but I also thought Mary Louise Parker was doing something odd vocally. It's right. Funny. She was making a choice. Yes. I'm like, is she drunk? What's going on? Uh, funny you say that because am we, I crazy? My friend, I went with. We both said, "What? What's wrong with the speaking voice? What's she doing? I don't know if that's part of the character. Like, she made a choice. Maybe so. Maybe so. I hope her mouth's okay. I hope so, too. But I really liked the show. I thought it was good. It was. It was, it was. good. Um, this is my last question. Well, a, oh, no, I have a two, two questions. How can people find out more about... Say they want to go and, and experience uh, the Angeles National Forest. So, how can they 
How can they sort of get their their introduction before they go? So uh, Twitter, um, certainly our website, um, Google Angeles National Forest, and you can get a lot of good information from those sources. We're on Facebook as well. Uh, do you do a lot of the social media? Or do you have much to do with it? We have a person dedicated full-time to social media. Right on. And we're doing a lot more than we ever had. Yeah. Uh, I say that we need to be the agency of 2020, not 1960. Right. And so Lassie is lovely, but we need a more compelling visual, uh, yeah. energized story. Right. Do you have hashtags? Uh, we do. What are they? Oh, goodness. Several. Hashtag, uh, it's all yours. Uh, I love it. Leave no trace. That's good. Uh, find your adventure. I um, like it. Of course, Angeles National Forest. So all those. That's so cool. Is there somebody that's really done great things for the Forest Service that people might not think of? Either a public figure or a president or a... You mean currently or, or in history? In the past, currently. Yeah. Well, certainly Theodore Roosevelt kicked us off and... Uh, was there much out. resistance to it or did everyone think it was a good idea? No. Industry at the time and to some extent today uh, had really opposed right because they want to be able to mine the land for whatever they can get out of it and i think over time we've we've developed a a good relationship right everything needs to be sustainable right Uh, you take it all today and it's not gonna be there it's not gonna be there tomorrow that's what i think about when i hear think about people that that aren't open to climate science and stuff i'm like where are you gonna live you're all here too it's not just affecting a certain group. We're all here. Right. You know? Anyway, that's a, that's a whole other story. Um, for my final question, what are the moments that make you feel really good about your job? Oh, wow. There's so many. You see a family having a good time in the San Gabriel River on a Sunday, and you know that, that they're getting something that you can't really value, you can't quantify. Um, when we get people that feel like we're we're making a difference mm-hmm. in terms of um, caring for the land, for uh, providing outdoor opportunities to, to people. And I think most importantly, seeing young people light up when they get out into nature because you've got thousands of kids here who've never set foot in a forest. Right. And when you open that door, you, you create a, a whole different person. And I've seen it not just on the kids' faces, but on their parents' They realize, wow, these kids are changed forever because they they're out here sweating and playing and and uh, working and recreating. And they realize how much bigger the world is. Absolutely. And to be out, I don't know. Sometimes just getting out in the fresh air, somewhere where there's no right distractions, it's, it's therapeutic. It's good for the soul. Yes, it is. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Jeffrey. Likewise. Thank you. And I want to go to the forest now. You you need to come. I want to meet Woodsy and Smokey and you know I'd love all of to it. take you there. I'd love it. All right, thanks. All right, thank you. Bye. Thanks again to Jeffrey Vale for the fun conversation and getting us back to nature a little bit. All right, so this happened. Well, first of all, one of the listeners out there on Facebook posted that he wanted to know more about Enzo. He hasn't heard from Enzo in a while. And Enzo is laying here exhausted. He doesn't want to speak to you people. But he's having an okay summer. He's a little bit worried about the state of the world. I'm not going to lie. And his ears are longer than I like them, so the hair, so I may, they make him more poodly, which then feminizes me, which is not good. I'm kidding, but not really. So I think I'm going to take some, cut his ears ears shorter. Okay, what else happened? I saw um, a couple of really good shows. The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime at the Amundsen in LA, if you're here. It's a really great play. So visual and clever and um wonderful and it won the tony so you know it's a good thing and then i also saw levi Kreis, tony winner speaking of tony's um for million dollar quartet he did a show at the village at the renberg here in la and i met him like in 2002 or 2003 so i've i've uh, been acquainted with him for a long time and i've always been a huge fan and man he's good he sang um from a new album called broadway at the keys which is sort of um music theater type songs, and he opened with Corner of the Sky from Pippin, which was an audition song for me when I was in college, and 
so that brought back memories. Luckily, he played more than 16 bars, which is all I ever really got to do. Um, but speaking of college theater, out of nowhere, this uh, gentleman I went to college with named Jim reached out to me on LinkedIn. I'm glad somebody reaches out to me on that site, please. But anyway, he directed this one-act play that I was in with two other classmates back in Arizona State in, like, 85, 86? I mean, like, a long time ago. And it was called Freedom of the City. It was a very gritty three-person play. Um, it was two men characters and one woman character, but we had two women and and me. So one of the women played a guy. I remember she had a little news, Newsies kind of hat on. Um, I don't remember much about the story. It's set in Ireland. I think it has to do with the IRA. Um, I think we're holed up in a something any long story short he's he made dvds and he's sending us all dvds so <laughs> i think we did it like three times it wasn't like a big main stage production but um i played a character called skinner i think he had an edge i'm gonna get a dvd soon and i'm gonna see what that was like and i don't know what it'll make me feel like but anyway that's kind of wild right all right thank you for listening um we'll catch you next time on dennis anyone bye <laughs>